He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Michael gave me permission to speak about that. Yes, good. Tonight I want to continue with the message. Now, for those of us that are here, uh, it's summer, but God is doing something among us. Uh, I think I, I, I was told, not I think, I know I was told that somebody came on Sunday, drove around, couldn't find a place to park, and just left. We don't want that. So I, we've cleared the backside, back that way. So if you hear members, please just go there and park. So uh, when God sends them, they can find a place to park. I didn't like hearing that at all. Um, but uh, that's what Christianity is all about. We'll make room for those that God's bringing in for us. Amen. Tonight I want to continue with this uh, message. Uh, I titled it. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. So important. You know, all my Christian life, or early part of my Christian life, we were taught all kinds of things. You wouldn't believe some of the things I was taught. It was incredible. But I was new to Christianity. I didn't know it better. I mean, I'll spare one right here. Just let you hear this. It was wrong to go to the university. Thank you. <laughs> it was wrong to go to school. And my pastor preached with passion, no going to school. And I thought, boy, I'm just coming into Christianity. Is this what God wants for us, all ignorant people? I want to go to heaven. And if that's what it takes to go to heaven, ignorance, I'll take it. <laughs> It took me years to get out of it. And uh, because I started checking my pastor out. And please check check me out, okay? <laughs> I check him out from the Bible, whatever he's preached. And I'll look at the scriptures and listen to him. Pastor, you're excited, but I can't find that in the Bible. It's good to be excited, but he's not there. And uh, it went for a while, and I figured, you know, you're new to Christianity. You don't quite understand this stuff. So I got myself Matthew Henry. <laughs> I figured he lived in another generation. He has no motive. He just tell me what it is. So every night after my pastor is priest, I get back home, and I'll check him out from the scriptures he used. And then I go back to Matthew Henry, and Matthew Henry agreed with what I was thinking. Oh, I'm really smart. And pastor doesn't know what he's doing. And one day I went to pastor and I said, uh, where do you get this stuff you've been preaching? He looked at me like, huh? I said, yeah. Uh, in my country, you have to be very respectful. Especially if he's an elderly person. And I just was a little bit over my 20s. And uh, you don't talk to them. But, so it's like, yes, sir. Uh, but I just need you to show me where you're getting it from. He looked at me, you want me to tell you where I got it from? 
So I'm not looking for trouble. I'm not trying. Just, just tell me where you get it. That's all I want. I, I'm not trying to leave the church. I'm not going to do anything. Just show me, show me where you're getting this from. He looked at me. He said, I'm not going to show you. Okay. I said, he said, you just have to believe what I'm saying. I said, sir, I, I can't do that anymore. Because this school stuff, I can't find it in the Bible. Not going to college, it's not here. And uh, he said, you just have to believe. You, want, you stay and believe everything I say or you leave. I said, that's easy then. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to leave. But I left and he was lonely because who, I, didn't know, I didn't know any other Christian. Christianity was new. But that's when I decided in my life, if you don't show me from the book, I'm not, getting, I'm not taking it. I've got to see it from the book. If you can show me from the book, I'll change my opinion about it, whatever it is. If you can show me from the book. And I want everyone attending the Ark Fellowship. This is the foundation we have. God's not going to confirm any man's opinion. God would only confirm what he has said. And I have to change my opinion to match with his opinion or what God has said, before he'll confirm it. That's just the way it's going to be. God is not a man. He cannot lie. If he said, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. But if he has not spoken, that's you speaking, and God is not obligated to make it good. Amen? It's good to see Nikki here tonight. God healed you last. Oh, my gosh. Praise the Lord. She had 12 kidney stones, right? And they all disappeared. That's a big miracle. We've seen miracles here. We're going to see more. Amen? Whenever we have our healing service, even before then, God's going to be showing us miracles. Amen. So that's why I want to come with this word tonight. You are blessed. I got to stay with scripture. Just like Israel, we have become God's flock. That's what it is. God was the shepherd of Israel. And today, we are just like Israel. In fact, they were the shadow. We are the real thing. That's what the scripture tells us. We have a better covenant. What they had was a shadow. And so, if we can understand the real thing, maybe we can go back to the shadow and get some revelation. But this is the truth. We are... God's flock. And uh, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, makes it very clear. Therefore, take heed to yourselves, speaking to ministers, and to all the flock. To all the flock, among which, so you are among them, but you, God has given you some responsibility as a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. God has made some people overseers. But they are among the flock, and they are also part of the flock. And it says, to shepherd the church of God, that's the flock of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So your value is God's own blood. And you are God's flock, according to the scriptures. 
anything that has that value cannot have a curse upon it. It's impossible. You cannot be cursed. You have so much value. You are not just God's flock, but the price for your life was God's own blood. That's speaking of covenant. You and God, you are part of the family. You cannot be cursed. You cannot have a curse upon your life. If there is, you allowed it. But God didn't allow it. No, that's not according to scriptures. Listen, the scripture is very clear here. It was God's own blood. That's the price of my life. I told God, I I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday, I told him, God, take care of your inheritance. Who is God's inheritance? You are God's inheritance. You belong to him. You can have a curse upon your life. No curse can be operating upon your life in any way. If we have it, it's because of ignorance. We don't know how to deal with the enemy or we don't know the word. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We're still growing, every one of us. I'm still learning, you're learning. But as we discover truth, Jesus made it very clear. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. I need freedom. And so the freedom is found in the truth. And I'm going to stay with God's word. Not a man's opinion, what God says. That's just the truth. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, God, Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What's the price for that redemption? His blood. He was God. Not going to, he redeemed us. We are already redeemed. And that's what I say, until you start saying, I am the redeemed. The devil is not going to respect you. It's got to come up of your mouth. You have to declare it. Romans 10, 9 and 10, 8, 9 and 10 says you must speak it with your mouth. So declare before God, I am the redeemed. I don't have a curse upon my life. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We have been separated from the curse. Whatever happened in the past, Christ's blood, the blood of God, separated us from all of that. We're no longer uh, in that situation. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. This is not a joke. He became the essence of the curse. The whole of it. And paid the price for us. So that we, and that's the love of God for us, so that we can never, ever be under that. That's His will for us never to be under the curse. Well, if you don't have a curse upon your life, the opposite of that, you're blessed. You are blessed. But we have to speak it over our lives. Sometimes we think, you know, David was just speak, uh, writing scriptures. No, David was just quoting stuff. The Lord is my shepherd. He was speaking that. They have scribes, and the scribes write. The king is started again, saying this stuff. So we're writing all this stuff that he's saying. But David just... The Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, well, I want to write some scriptures. No, he was speaking. I want to say some scriptures, write it for the generations to come. David didn't know that. 
He was just speaking. And the scribes were writing. And we got the scriptures. They were coming from God. Even though he was a man, the king, he was speaking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's never going to happen to me, he says. I will go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to camp in the valley of the shadow of death. I'll go through it. But I am not going to be afraid because the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Goodness and mercy follow me, he says, all the days of my life. When I'm doing good, when I'm not, goodness and mercy is always there. And he prepares a table before me in the presence of the enemy. All they can do is watch me enjoy the table. They can't do anything about it. He says, because curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. And Jesus was that curse. God deliberately put that there in his word. Jesus says, and the scripture cannot be broken. So you see, that scripture was fulfilled. You hang on the tree, you're cursed. The son hung on the tree, says curse. For us, for us, that the blessing of Abraham, that the blessing, notice he didn't say blessings. Have you wondered about that? Not blessings of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. May what? Come upon. If it's come upon you, then it's on you. Amen? (laughs) And if it's on you, you are what? The blessing of Abraham. Because it's on you, right? It is you. That the blessing of Abraham. Where this fly coming after me? <laughs> hey, take that out of the tape. <laughs> okay? That the blessing of Abraham, I know when you are laughing at me, this is not funny. I'm fighting with this stuff. <laughs> okay? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's us. The Israel had it, the flock of God. And now we are. The flock of God. And the blessing is come upon us. And it's not lifting. Amen. The blessing is not lifting. He's come upon us. And if the blessing of Abraham is come upon us, we have the blessing of Abraham. According to the word of God. And then the promise of the spirit. The promise of the spirit. Remember Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, he said, you know, you heard from John the Baptist, the promise of the Father. That's the promise of the Spirit. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have Abraham's blessing on your life. Whether you like it or not. Once you are, if, if you pray to receive the Holy Spirit, you are asking also for the blessing of Abraham. You just haven't acknowledged that. But it's upon your life. According to the scriptures, not man's opinion. According to the scriptures, not man's opinion. I need to move on because this is very important. You see, you are in covenant with God. Just like Abraham had covenant with God. You are God's Abraham in your generation. And you must carry yourself like Abraham. And carry yourself like Isaac. And carry yourself, and I'm speaking to everyone, everyone in this room. You must carry yourself like Jacob as well. Like Joseph. You are Abraham of your generation. Abraham is no longer here. 
Joshua replaced Moses, you remember? And God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The same God, he hasn't changed. He has not changed. It's just we are not believing him enough. And we have our own opinions. Every little thing will sway us and we are sad and complaining, always talking negative and we forget that God's with us. But David said, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What he's saying, nothing bad can come upon me. Why? Because God's with me. He is with me. But when things happen to us, we forget that God is with us, and then we begin to spew out all kinds of negative things. And you can think of it, but please don't say it. Don't give birth to it. Don't say it. We like to stay in the natural because that's where we're comfortable. And that's where we feel right. But God is saying, step out of that. Step out of that. It, uh, uh, Psalm 74 uh, verse 20 says, have respect to the covenant. It's God speaking to himself, if you can have it. Because this is the Holy Spirit speaking, right? Through David. Have respect to the covenant. God say, wants to have respect to the covenant. What covenant? But through the blood of God to be a blessing. Right? If we have the blessing of Abraham through the covenant, God saying to himself, have respect to the covenant. The dark places of the earth are filled with horns of cruelty, all kinds of evil, just like Bill said tonight, happening all around us. But when God has respect to the covenant, you are protected. None of those things can come near your dwelling. Read Psalm 91. None of those things we read, but we don't believe. I want to believe. I pray, God, let people challenge me to believe these things. That's the issue, is believing these things. It is well, they are really far as yes, because it's of God. It's not earthly. John the Baptist said, he who is from above, who came from above, he's from heaven, he speaks heavenly things. If you are of the earth and earthly, you speak of heaven and earthly things. But because you were born again and you were born of God from heaven and you were seated with Christ in heaven, why don't we speak heavenly things? <laughs> Scripture. That's what we should be doing. Speak heavenly things. And remember, God has no respect of persons. If you don't do it, you can be deacon and pastor or bishop, whatever you are. If you don't do according to the word, God, God can't do anything with you. It's only according to his word. How can two walk together unless they are in agreement? Have respect to the covenant. You know, when the children of Israel were in Egypt, God came down. You know why he came to deliver them, read the scriptures in Exodus, he says, I heard the cry of my people and I remembered my covenant. And I'm come down and I'm going to deliver them. Anyone that stands in my way will die. And he did it. How can you be cursed 
when God has blessed you. That's impossible unless we allow it. And demons are the enforcers of the curse. Not God. Demons enforce the curse. But Jesus is giving us power over them. Luke 10, 19 makes it very clear. Behold, I give you power, authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means, listen, any means, no matter how hard they try, any means hurt you. And he meant his words. He meant his words. When we are getting oppressed, it's not because God wants it. It's because of ignorance. We just don't know what God's given to us. The Bible tells us we are joint heirs with Christ. Everything he has. Joint heir means we own it together, okay? <laughs> Everything. We own it together. So it's not what his portion and my portion. No, we have it together. That's what it is. Let me read this scripture. See, this, there was, uh, 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 you know the story of Balaam. You are the flock of God. God has blessed you. Balak said, uh, come and curse the children of Israel for me. Remember that? Curse them for me because I've come to know when you curse, whatever you say uh, comes upon them. You see, those people in their time, these were even Gentiles. They knew that words matter. Hello? They knew. Balak knew. Oh, he was going to pay this guy much money just to speak words. Because he felt there was some power behind the guy. And if he says these words of curse upon Israel and the people, they will all be cursed and they'll die. He was, this was the king. I'm going to pay you. Ask whatever you want. All I want you to do is speak a curse upon them. They knew a Gentile king. And yes, in our generation, we still don't understand the power of words. We need to understand the power of words. Don't talk sickness. That's not good. I told uh, Sheila in, in uh, uh, England, I said, from today, she had cancer. Prayed for her and I said, Sheila, from today... Don't ever say you have cancer. She says, what should I say? Say, the doctor say I have cancer. She says, well, call my husband. He's telling everybody that we got to get your husband. <laughs> and she's still alive to today, as far as I know. And that was probably 10 years ago or more. We're 15 years now. Pastor Andy saw her. Pastor Andy, you saw her in England there. That's the words. What's matter? Words matter. Listen to what this man said. He said, curse. And so he went up. God said, only what I tell you to say. And this is what it says in Numbers 23 verse 19. We know this scripture. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said? In other words, if you discover what God has said, he's good. That's what he's saying. Has God said something? Get a hold of it. It will work. 
This is what this Balaam was saying. God is not a man that he should lie. He has this said. And will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not make his word good? God just, he doesn't talk like us. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. But then tomorrow you call and say, I really can't come today. I'm really busy. And that's not God. He see all of us at the same time. Have one conversation with Bill and have a different conversation with you at the same time. He is God. Amen. So he's not a man that he should lie. He says in verse 20, uh, 20, Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. I can't reverse it. Nobody can reverse it. You know the one who can reverse it? You. The man could curse. And he had that reputation. He was paid. But because Israel is the flock of God, and God has blessed them, he says, I see a blessing on them. I can't, no matter how hard I try, I can't reverse it. The blessing upon your life cannot be reversed. May, the God, may God's blessings upon your life knock you over, and may you never recover from it. In the name of Jesus, let God's blessing pursue you until you receive it. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? I'm not just speaking. This is important. Because God wants us blessed. You got to receive it. The question is not whether God is going to give. The question is always receive. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? It's not, will God, did God give you the Holy Spirit when you believe? No, it's never that. It's never, uh, did God give you Christ? The question is, did you receive the Lord Jesus, right? He's always received. Why? Because God's already gave. For God so loved the world that he was, he gave. He's already given his best. And Romans chapter 8 says, if he gave his best, there is nothing else that he can give. There's nothing more. He can take care of your finances. He can take care of everything. Jesus said, don't worry about those things. Your heavenly father knows. Amen? He knows. You see, God, he's blessed you. You are already blessed. We should be going singing, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And he said, what are you talking? I'm blessed. Yes, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And you see, this man has lost his mind. You know, they're saying that, and heaven says, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it now. He's shouting it. Because that's what the Bible says. Believe in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. And then you enter into salvation. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's how you step on your freedom. By saying it. That's why Hebrews 4 says, Hold fast to the confession of what you believe without wavering. Hebrews 10 tells us that don't waver it. Because what you speak, 
the confession of your faith. You know, Jesus is the high priest of your confession. We have to say it. There are things that Satan will throw at us that will want to make us change our confession. Well, pastor says we are blessed, but I don't feel blessed. Who, who cares about how you feel? What has that got to do with anything? Let God be true and every man a liar. Even your feeling is a lie. So stay with what God says. That's what's important. Not what you feel or what Pastor so-and-so said. If it's not in the scripture, that's how I said it. I'm not receiving it. You know, I heard a story about a guy. He went into, I think it was a doctor's office. And he had this uh, tiny book, black book, leather book, really tiny. And uh, he sat down and, and uh, you know, how you sit in the uh, 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 doctor's office and you have several people and everybody's busy these days. They are on their iPhone and they're just doing all of this. Nobody's talking to one another. But this guy was busy. In those days, it was books. Uh, he, he, he would sit for a while like that. And then he would gingerly pick his this book, and then he would read a few lines, and then he would carefully put the book aside, you know, with a lot of respect. And then uh, he'll go back and then meditate for a while, and then he'll turn around and he'll pick the book again with much care, and he'll open and read. It's a tiny book. And this guy was sitting watching him and thinking, boy, that must be a powerful book. Whatever he's reading, that's really powerful book. And so finally, the other guy watched him for a while. And you know you stay in the doctor's office. Sometimes it's about 30 minutes, an hour, you're still waiting. And uh, finally, the other guy said, hey, sir, um, th- what's that book that you're reading? And he went, oh, it's my Bible. And the other guy, he's, he, he's had a Bible before. He says, well, your Bible is mighty thin. And the guy said, oh, yes. Every time I go to church and the pastor says, this part of the Bible doesn't apply to us today, I go back home and I rip all of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's ripped his Bible. There were only a few pages. <laughs> few pages left for him to read. And he honored those pages so well. Because that's all he believed. Please don't do that. God is the one, Revelation 3 verse 7, God is the one, he says it, he shuts, no one can open. He opens, no one can shut. And you know, he's opened windows of heaven for a blessing for God's children. Windows of heaven. The first time God opened the windows of heaven, 
everyone on the earth except for eight people or so, they were all gone. But God says in Malachi, if you do this as my flock, I will open, amen, the windows of heaven. Same windows. One for a curse and the other one for a blessing. So you can survive and thrive. When he opens, no one can shut. That's just the truth. You have to believe this. It's listening to people and people's opinions that take us away from our faith. When I first got to Texas A&M to study for my PhD, they were not going to give me a job. The, the man that promised me a job, he said, uh, other Africans, I have a hard time understanding them, but I can understand you. I'll make you a TA. But when I arrived, he said, no job for you. He says, tell that young man. I'm not that young anymore, but tell that young man. He's not going to have a job till he graduates. And I said, I'm from Africa. I don't have money coming from Africa. How am I going to go to school? One term, that's all the money I've got. And you're not going to give me a job. I told the guy at uh, University, uh, Ohio State University, they were going to give me a TA job. I turned it down because I wanted to be a Texan. And now you're not giving me any job. And I went to pray. And the Lord said to me, I know it was the Lord, then I wrote it in my yellow page. And the Lord said to me, I was here before you got here. Don't worry about it. And I felt good about that. And I started taking my courses and having fun. After the first semester, the guy that he told, tell that young man. I was in his class, genetics class. And he says, uh, he comes to me, good luck. Can you help your fellow African? He's failing. You teach him. And then I remember, you know, the uh, head of department has some friends among the students. They were doing some kind of things that was bringing some honor to the undergraduate students, honor to, to the department. And they can walk into his office. And those boys would come to me and say, good luck. We just don't understand this thing. And I'll sit around and then I'm showing them, explaining to them what was how to work this problem. And the head of department walked back and saw that they were gathered around me. And he came back and said, uh, it's good luck teaching you guys. And those guys said, yeah. And I mean, they went off exaggerating, you wouldn't believe. He knows all this stuff. I mean, this guy, he is so smart. He is the best. I mean, I'm telling you, he teaches us all the time. I never done that. And I would say, stop lying. That's not true. Why are you telling him that? And he went like this, okay, okay, and walked away, and we continued. But by the second semester, he had given me a job. He said, I could swear. I said, I will give you a job. I didn't want to tell him, but you told me. <laughs> I kept that to myself. Not, I would, <laughs> I'm not telling you. You said you're not going to ever employ me. And he gave me, he says, Robert Heck. That's the word he used. I don't know what that meant. Give him everything. I stayed with that job till the very end. Angela joined me. Angela was pregnant with Omar then. Every now and then, he will send a memo. If you've had your uh, job for two years, we have new students coming in, and uh, we may let you go. And I will be in my office studying. 
those guys from all over the world, they are panicking. And they walk up to me and they say, good luck. Did you get the memo? I said, yeah. You're not worried? I said, no, I'm not. He said, why? I said, well, he didn't give me the job. God gave me the job. And he cannot fire me until God has something better for me. And believe me, he was after, you know, I already graduated. Angela was going to give birth. It was right about that time. And I said to him, Dr. Kriger, if you, if you cut me off, the insurance is gone. He said, are you not? You think? No. Huh? You think I'm that wicked? I cut you off. I had already graduated. He was still paying me. Oh, yes. He was still paying me to protect my, my, my uh, insurance until I moved to Houston. I had my job for the four years. Amen. That's how good God is. His word cannot lie. And that's the truth. Oh, my gosh. Time. I can't resist, okay? Like you finally and then another finally. <laughs> but did you know that Satan didn't like Job being blessed? He hated it. He hated it. And I'm going to stop with this scripture. Satan didn't like Job's blessing. He hated it. And God asked him, he said, listen, God says to him, Satan... Have you considered my servant Job? That's Job chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. He said, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? Uh, he was the richest man in all of the East. And that's where the many was. Job was the richest. Guess what? He was rich and righteous at the same time. He was the richest and yet righteous where God could brag on him. But theologians have separated us. It seems like if you're poor, then you are really righteous. And if you have so many, maybe we should suspect more about suspects. You <laughs> about how your faith is with God. No. And I'll show you something. Where that came from. This is very important so we understand and divorce our mind from that kind of thinking. You can not have much and be very right with God. And you cannot have much and be on the other side of God cursing God. It doesn't matter what you got. But God wants his people to have. He says to give to the poor. He's not saying you should be the poor. You give to the poor. That's what the word says. That's doing good with what God has given to you. That's not prosperity teaching. God says help. Help the poor. Listen. If you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on, on the earth, a blameless, listen, a blameless, an upright man, who, one who fears God and shuns evil. So he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was rich. Why? God blessed him. God picked him out to bless him because he was okay with God. God blessed him. 
So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him? Around his household? Notice not just around Job. When God blesses you, it's not just you. Your household as well. And your property. Everything that you have. God had a hedge around him. Around all, he says, around all that he has on every side. On every side. And the Bible says, God, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did you know Job didn't know that was, that was happening around his life? He had no idea. God did it on his own. Why? Because Satan says, you have blessed him. So when God blesses you, all of that is in place. You remember Elijah and Cyrus of fire all over the place? It's always there. God hasn't changed. The angels are here. God sent them all ministering spirits to minister to us. I don't know why, but he loves me. And I accept that. You have blessed him on every side. And you have increased his possession. He says, he says you have made a hedge around him, around, uh, around his household, and around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands. Please raise your hand tonight. The works of my hands are blessed. Say that. The works of my hands are blessed. That's the truth. When God blesses you, whatever you do is blessed. He's blessed. You are a blessing. And because God has put his blessing upon you, whatever you do is blessed of God. And if Satan comes against it, then you speak back. You have blessed the works of his hand and his possessions. So his possessions also bless, right? And have increased the land. And have increased in the land. He has increased in the land. But now he said, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely what? Curse you to your face, he said. So you see, the thing is in Satan's mind, the reason Job's serving you is because of money. Did you get that? The reason Job's serving you is because of money. So now, I don't want money. I just want to serve God. <laughs> you see the thinking? I just want to serve God. So it's clear it's not because of money. Well, Job wasn't serving God because of money. That Satan got it wrong. He had because he was serving God. He wasn't serving God because of money. The Bible is clear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things will be added. All these things will be added. I can't get to that scripture tonight, but there's something very important because God was telling the children of Israel 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, he was telling them, he says, I allowed you to suffer hunger and I fed you. And the reason I allowed you to go through all of that difficulty, I want you to take your eyes off yourself and trust in my word. So you learn to know this, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's not your work that's going to earn you your living. You you have a living through the word of God. Man shall not live by the bread of, I mean, by the, by bread alone, but by every word. So, by the word of God, you make a living. By the word of God, you make a living. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Oh, gosh, I quit. Stand up tonight. Stand up tonight. Right? I firmly believe, that's my prayer most mornings these days. God's going to bless everyone who is at the Ark Fellowship. I don't have power over everybody, but if you belong to this congregation, I believe God has placed you here. And like God, the scripture says, He has made, the Holy Spirit has made me an overseer over His flock here. And I, this is what I want from God. Everyone that comes to the Ark Fellowship, you're blessed. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, in every way of life, God's going to bless you. That's my heart's desire. And the Bible says, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. I just need you to agree with me. Because God's going to bless you. Financially, everyone that needs a job will find one. In the name of Jesus. Whatever your need is, God's going to meet it. And we serve a God who cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. When you're going through trouble, God's, it's not the trouble that's the matter. God says, I want you to trust in my word. That's the purpose for the trouble. Amen. Would you lift your hands up tonight? Father, I want to thank you that your word will never return to you void. Lord, I pray for these young people also. Lord, that their minds so innocent at this point, God, that you will download great truths into your hearts so that they will know and rise in the name of Jesus to minister to their generation in Jesus' name. For us, God, we ask for your great love and mercy that we might enjoy everything that you've given uh, to us freely, including persecution, for doing what is right. Father, we thank you. Bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.